Hi, welcome to the Fast Life with Diabetes podcast. My name is Lucy Fisher. On this podcast, we'll discuss everything related to intermittent fasting and type 1 and type 2 diabetes. We'll share tips and tricks, and we'll reveal some of the challenges that we've all faced as we go through this journey. We'll also have some fascinating guests that will share their stories. Thanks so much for joining. It's going to be a great show. Also, before we get started, I just want to remind you that I am not a doctor. Before beginning an intermittent fasting protocol or making changes to your medication, I highly recommend that you speak to your doctor. Hi everyone, thanks for listening today. Today we have on Melissa Slemp, and Melissa is a certified health coach. She's out of St. Augustine, Florida. She has had type one diabetes for 40 years. She's now 55 years old. And she's got a really interesting story. Obviously, she's had diabetes for a long time, and especially during those earlier years when technology was not as good, she wasn't as well managed. Nowadays, she takes really good control of her diabetes, and a lot of that's done through nutrition. As she's worked out how to better manage her own diabetes, she's decided to give back to the community and has become a health coach to help those with diabetes, whether it's pre-diabetes type 1 or type 2, give them insights on how to better manage their blood sugar with a large focus of it being on diet, particularly low carb. And we talk a little bit about intermittent fasting and how that plays into her blood sugar management as well. Melissa is a very well-rounded health coach, I would say, given that she also has type one diabetes. So she understands how foods impact blood sugars. I think this is a nice corollary to the conversation that I had with Lori Lewis a few weeks ago, the intermittent fasting coach. If you're looking for somebody that maybe can help you get your diet worked out, Melissa might be somebody that you would think about speaking to. And I really hope you enjoy this interview. So thanks for listening. Hi, Melissa. Thank you so much for being here with me today. Oh, true joy. I'm loving your podcast. And it's just really nice to be here as a guest. So thanks for the invite. Yeah, I'm really excited to have you on for for a few reasons. First, you're type one yourself, and you've had type one now for what is it, 40 years? Yes, just celebrated my diaversary, right? That's what we call them. Yeah, yeah, April. Yeah, April. So it was 1982. Wow. So you've had a very long history with type one. You're a health coach. You also do intermittent fasting. You're very well-rounded. So I think it's going to be a really interesting conversation that we're going to have. Before we jump into everything, maybe you can just give us a really quick background about yourself and then we'll jump into some questions. Okay. This is a funny thing to answer. It's like, where do you start? Right? I know. <laughs> Probably not. Well, I was, um, I'll start with my diabetes diagnosis. So I was diagnosed, I was 14, almost 15, again, 1982. And I was in high school. And we were getting ready to move. So there was a lot of transition going on and a little bit of, um, you know, childhood wasn't the best and, you know, and I'm definitely not going to focus on that, but um, a lot of things um, to adjust to. So we ended up moving from New Hampshire back to Florida. So I went to high school in um, Daytona Beach, Florida. So that's where... And we ended, I ended up going to another high school within those years too. So again, it was a lot of jumping around. Um, and I think that that's what diabetes can definitely challenge you with is transition. And it's, I just think it's a, it's a representative of how strong we are. I'm a firm believer that we are given what we can handle. 
<laughs> God giving. So that is um, definitely something I, um, you know, I try to, you know, I, I lean into that as my purpose, really. So I um, was married, my first marriage, I have a daughter, Sarah, who's now she lives close by going to nursing school, proud of her. And I am now married to David. He is also a type one um, diabetic. And I know we'll probably talk more about that today, too. And I was in the corporate world for many years, studied accounting, um, sat at the desk for close to 20 years. And then I just decided um, I really just wanted to start following my passion. And I realized that diabetes really was a gift for me um, because I was able to, after many years of figuring it out, because it has not been easy, I found my, my groove and um, I've, I was noticing that people, coworkers were coming to me and it wasn't always things about diabetes related, but just health in general, because I saw how consistent I was with what I did every day. Um, so again, I've, I've just followed my passion. So I, I went back to school, studying nutrition, personal training, and I'm now working as a health coach to help others, you know, uh, just to kind of steer their path. Well, I can't wait to talk a little bit more about that. And I, I told you earlier, you know, I've had type one for 25 years and it feels like a lifetime <laughs> and having it as long as you've had it. I mean, you, especially when you got diagnosed and for a large chunk of time, you didn't have the same tools that we have now. And I remember, I mean, I guess I, I don't know if I didn't understand what complications could come my way, or I just, there was no tools for me to really manage it as well, but mm -hmm. it just felt like there was no real way to get things under control. How did you feel, you know, from, I, I know you've had it for a really long time. When did you feel like you sort of started getting things under control? Yeah, good question. And, you know, I almost had to hit rock bottom before I woke up. Um, so again, I was diagnosed 14, 15, um, and I was, I was just married. And I woke up with floaters in my eye. Again, this is 10 years. Look, just like what you said, Lucy, is I was not properly um, educated on really what diabetes was. You know, I was just sent home with the syringes, the vials of insulin, told to weigh my food. I had no clue, um, just had no clue. My parents were not as engaged as they could have been as far as, and you know, I, I don't know why that happened. Um, again, it might have been, you know, the time we were living in, the information wasn't out there. I mean, we didn't have lap, we didn't have computers back then. So <laughs> we were getting our information from encyclopedias, right? And you know, unless we really dug for it. So I think, um, you know, and when I, so I was diagnosed with diabetic retinopathy, um, again, never been to the eye doctor in my life. So going to the eye doctor and him telling me what was going on. And I pretty much was told that if I didn't straighten and get these glucose numbers under control, that I could go blind. And then I ended up going the opposite way. <laughs> so that fear sent me home. Obviously I got the glucometer out. I, I didn't even own a glucometer up until then. How about that? Yeah. Crazy. And it was a fast track education. And so the fear, I was extremely tight with my control. So that led to a lot of 911 calls, a lot of emergency, low blood sugars. So it took me even more time to kind of come out of that and to just let go of that. Just know that I could just trust myself, trust the numbers, 
you know, if it's above 150 now and then it's going to be okay. Cause long-term it's going, you know, that time and range really was what I needed to focus on and not being perfect all the time to cause me emergency calls because that, you know, that's, that's pretty, that's pretty disturbing. And it was disturbing psychologically, physically, and it affected a lot of people around me too. You know, obviously family members and friends that were with me during that time. So that's a really important yeah. point that you make about being so crazy about your control that you were causing yourself more problems than you were helping yourself. I feel like I'm going through a little bit of a phase like that right now myself. I get so upset when I see like a 150 and I'm trying to bring it down. And then I assume the 150 is going to go to 180 or 200 and I'm overcorrecting and I just end up low. And then I set up a whole different set of problems. And it's, I think it's extremely common. I'm, I'm in the same boat as you, or I need to, well, you, you've already worked it out. I'm still trying to work that out. Yeah. Well, you know, it, it hasn't left me a hundred percent. So I, and that might just be how we're wired, right? <laughs> we are, and it, it, whether or not it's fear of complications, but it's really just trying to, well, I mean, cause we want to feel our best and, and you and I can probably agree that when our blood sugar is good, you know, a hundred average is when I'm, you know, that's what I'm firing on all cylinders. So we feel a difference. And after all this time having diabetes, we recognize that. I, I think it's easier. Maybe that's one of the advantages of having it because we really get to know our body, really, really understand what we're feeling and how that's tied to blood sugar. And of course, our CG, I'm sure do help, don't they? Yeah. <laughs> that technology, right? Yeah. I, I see the CGM on your arm. How uh, are you managing nowadays? Yes. Great question. This is interesting. Um, yeah, I wear the Dexcom and I have always been injections. So I've been MDI since day one, never been on a pump. Yeah. So do you just use a long acting and then a short acting or do you use a Fresa or something like that? Yes. I use Traceba. I take my long acting basal in the morning. So that's my, it's usually about 7am. And I take Nova log. So I have the N pen, which is amazing. And that's also synced up to the CGM. And it's, it's such a great little system I have. And I just take Nova log as I need it throughout the day. And that might be three shots. It might be one or two shots. Um, might be four or five shots if I'm having a really good day, <laughs> not having a good day. And maybe I'm indulging in a dessert after dinner. But again, you know, that's just all part of the day to day. But it works for me. Um, it's convenient. And if it ain't broke, don't fix it is kind of my old motto. So, you know, I've talked about maybe getting on a pump one day with some doctors, but at this point, it's, um, you know, I'm, everything's working. Yeah. And a pump isn't always the answer. In fact, I'm on a loop now. I have an Omnipod pump and then a Dexcom. And, you know, I've been having a lot of issues lately uh, with because it's a, it's a closed loop system. So there's an algorithm involved and mm -hmm. the Dexcom for whatever reason, you know, for, you know, I don't know, the last four or five years or whatever, it's been really spot on, very good and accurate. And recently I've just had a lot of problems with accuracy. And obviously if the CGM isn't accurate and it's working with an algorithm to give you insulin, for example, yesterday it was saying I was up in the two hundreds and I was really like 140 and it's giving me all this extra insulin. Then it caused me to go low. Interesting. So I'm thinking to myself, you know what, maybe I don't, want to be on the algorithm. If that's the case, do I really need to be on a pump? Cause I, you know, I use a Frezza and I use other things. So there, there, yeah. there comes a point where you start to rethink how you're doing things. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, that's a good point too, because we, we change as women, as people, um, I think women have, you know, the hormonal things is another thing we have. Maybe we'll talk about that today as well, but there's so many factors that affect 
our control over the years or what our needs are, our lifestyle and all that. And, and of course there's pump vacations, right? Pump breaks, which is sometimes I hear of other diabetics that um, go through that. So it's nice to have that freedom to do it. Yeah. And so maybe we can just pivot back a little bit to your, to your health coaching practice. So obviously you said you were in the corporate world for a while and then you pivoted over. And so I think I heard in another podcast that you came to New York city and you did a, a health health coaching type program. Is that right? Yes. Yes, I do. Mm -hmm. So you did that. And then, so how many years have you been doing health coaching and what's your practice like? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I six years now and I work one-on-one. I have done some groups, some group coaching, which is a lot of fun. Um, I do that periodically. Um, I might kick off one of those um, at the beginning of next year. Um, but it's, it's really, it's just working one-on-one. And, and again, um, everybody is so different. I primarily work with women, midlife women, so 40 and above. And again, there's so much going on and changes, you know, just like I was referring to that uh, managing diabetes is tough enough, but then when we have all these other factors coming in, um, there's a lot more, um, I guess, navigating that goes along, you know, with women of this age and, you know, lifestyles changing, um, kids are living home, leaving home, maybe things in the kitchen are different than what they used to be. Um, and they're, they're really in a time in their life where they can really start to focus on themselves even more. <laughs> and I know we, sh- we think as diabetics that we do, but that doesn't always take, you know, that doesn't always take, you know, center stage. Um, so it, it is important, you know, and then to avoid those health complications, which is something I'm very, very um, passionate about is just trying to help them, you know, kind of step away from the fear of what could happen and just kind of own it and, you know, take back the confidence, you know, that they, they have what it takes to. Yeah. What a great message that is. Uh, yeah. yeah. Cause I do feel like the fear of complications, especially you've had them. I've had, I've had a number of complications at this um, point, even though mm-hmm. my A1Cs have always historically been pretty good, like seven or below pretty much since I, or maybe even eight and below when I first got it. But I, you know, I've had fairly good A1Cs my entire life. And obviously as management gets better, the tools get better, you manage better, yeah. but even still, you know, just when you have diabetes, as long as we've had it, uh, you know, complications will add up no matter how good a job okay. you're doing. Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm glad you, that's a good message about getting your confidence back and just trying to take, you know, take control in that way. So the clients that you work with, mostly women, they're, are they primarily type one or are they pre-diabetes type two, type one? Yeah. You know, I have all, all of the above. Yeah. And some of them, again, they're hitting midlife. There may be a diagnosis type two pre-diabetes, but I think they're just, you know, what, you know, the doctor's telling them, you know, their numbers are starting to look like they're creeping up. And I love the idea that they're, that they're conscientious of that and they're aware and they have a doctor that's communicating how important it is. Um, And it might be other symptoms they're looking at. In most cases, it's weight gain or some sort of hormonal shift. Um, there's always a driver that, you know, that kind of points them, you know, to work with myself or other health coaches. Um, and, but it all circles around with what we're eating, our lifestyle, and really whether you're managing blood sugar or want to prevent going down that type two road. Um, I'm all about prevention, right? You know, just trying to just try to create their roadmap um, to feel better. Right. And so I guess most of your clients would then have some sort of CGM or they're 
actively testing their blood sugar. Is that right? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So you get that real-time feedback of what they're eating and their mm-hmm. effect on blood sugar. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, yeah. It, it's really good to, you know, to get that information and, and to talk, talk it over with them so they better understand. Um, and, you know, some are, some have a, have a closer relationship with the tools or the education from their doctor. Some don't. So again, it's so individual. Um, there's no two clients alike. You know, we're all very unique. Um, so the way I coach them is very unique. Um, it's it's kind of fit to them, their lifestyle, what they're where they are with their health, and where you know where they see themselves and want to be. And that's that's kind of the um, the steps we take together. So maybe, and I peruse your website a little bit, and I see a lot of low carb type recipes and things like mm-hmm. that on there. So that's sort of the approach that you're sort of guiding toward. Is that right? It is. It is. Um, you know, it's, it's something that you still have to be open for. And I'm not like anti-carbs by any means. Um, my, what I figured out, and I found this out when I was pregnant with my daughter, this is interesting because life is such a, it's such a constant learning tool, but again, something that I was not told when I was first diagnosed, but when I was pregnant with her, I was in my late twenties, um, 28, 29, and I met with a nutritionist for the first time. And she told me about macros, you know, as far as, and not like macro counting, like strict, but just balanced meals. And that was golden. And that just kind of helped my, obviously it helped me through a very successful, healthy pregnancy. I'm very thankful for that. But I continued that obviously, because I saw how much, what a big difference that was. Um, so it, it really is a shame that we're not, that's something that diabetics should be told really first day, <laughs> just how to eat, what to combine. Um, so I'm just a big believer in a lot of, um, you know, vegetables, which are still carbohydrates, but they're, you know, they're the complex, they have the fiber, including them with some, with some really good sourced, um, protein and, and, um, healthy fats. So and that is the way I build all my plates, whether it's breakfast, lunch, dinner, um, even desserts, believe it or not, because there's some healthy ways that you can make some things that, you know, without feeling deprived and it tastes good because um, I'm all about avoiding the blood sugar spike, right? Or just, yeah. the, you know, that dip in energy or just, oh, so, you know, we can still enjoy it and um, reach our goals for sure. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And you know what? Is, and you're in the same situation I'm in because you've had diabetes for so long. You've always been conscious of what you eat and how it affects your blood sugar. So we, since we're a constant running experiment, we understand exactly what, oh, if I eat that banana, I guess what? My blood sugar is going to spike. Whereas right. somebody who doesn't have diabetes, they have no idea. They don't know what yeah. glycemic index is. They don't, they don't know anything. And it's, it's very interesting. Somebody in uh, my partner's family just recently got type two diabetes and we were talking about diet. And he goes, oh, you'll be so proud of me. I got bananas. I got potatoes. And I'm just like, yeah, great. Good job. You know, because they don't, he thinks bananas, potatoes are healthy, but he doesn't understand that. Yes, it's healthy, but it does impact your blood sugar and it will spike you. It's it's a totally different, it's a totally different mindset. And until you have diabetes or until you have your CGM on, you don't know exactly what that does to you. Mm hmm. That's a point taken. Yeah. And, and, you know, at least they're starting off like, like um, the example you used, it's real food, potatoes and bananas. Oh yes. But (laughs) there's a, but to it, right. (laughs) 
Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think, I think us as diabetics, we take it, we really take it for granted that these are, we know the, we know these things intuitively because we've eaten them enough times and had the fallout from them enough times that we, we get it. We don't, we don't have to be told, but it is interesting that, and especially if you're new, if you're pre-diabetes or you just get type two or something like that, you have to learn. It takes a while. Sure. Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's good to have somebody like you to sort of coach them through that. Yeah. I appreciate that. Yes. 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 And, and, you know, it, it's um, a lot of conversations that we have. Um, sometimes it's people we know, uh, well, in, in some cases it's strangers, but it, it, to this day, it surprises me how little the public really understands what food does and what it does to blood sugar and how it makes you feel. And just the diagnosis of diabetes, there's a lot of, there's a big question mark that tends to go, that I see in people's eyes when you tell them you're, you're type one. And of course there's the stereotype, well, you don't look like a diabetic, right? <laughs> so, but it, I think it's a great opportunity to spend a few minutes and just help educate. Um, and they're, in most cases, they're very thankful for that. You know, I, I think if people genuinely do want to learn. Yeah, they want to learn. It, it does feel overwhelming at first. I remember when I was diagnosed, uh, my parents really weren't involved in my diabetes either. I was 17 when I was diagnosed. Mm -hmm. But the one thing they did that was actually really good is they took me to a, a functional medicine doctor or naturopath. And the very first thing he did is he gave me like a list, a glycemic index. And he said, these avoid all these foods, these ones with the high glycemic index, like take them out of your diet and then focus on these ones. And that kind of set me up pretty well for, I mean, not that I follow it all the time and I haven't historically, but at least I know if yeah. I eat this, guess what? I need more insulin or I'm going to have problems later. Like it's a conscious sure. choice now. Yeah. So, you yeah. know, it's, it's something that people have to, it, it it's gotta be overwhelming for somebody that's new to this whole thing. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally agree. Yeah. Where do you start? Yeah. Yeah. So when you, when you get a new client, when you're onboarding them, how do you, what's, what's your sort of approach? Do you, do you tackle diet right away, exercise, medication? Like what's, how do you yeah. kind of go through the process? Well, we sit down, the first session is always just to sit and learn. And um, I take a lot of notes and um, I encourage them to take notes as well, just so that they can kind of follow along. Um, it's important for them to be part of the process. And uh, they do feel, they feel, they complete an online food diary. Um, again, so I can learn and it's amazing how that helps them learn too. just to get a little closer to what they're eating, um, seeing it written down. And then we can talk kind of through that, you know, and I break it down by meals. You know, again, it depends on the person, um, what time they might be eating that first meal of the day, uh, breakfast, lunch, dinner, snack. So we, yeah, we just kind of dissect what they're doing and some healthier ways to kind of, um, crowd out what may not be working. Um, so we just kind of bump that up against their schedule and their blood sugars. And, and ultimately, it, ultimately it really is their A1C, um, that their, you know, their, their goal is to lower that, you know, and that's something that they work, work through with their doctor. You know, I don't, I don't work as a doctor or medical advice. It's just, it's setting goals and creating a plan that they have a lot of, um, what's the word, um, you know, they have a lot of ownership of what that is because it's, it's their life, it's their schedule, it's what they feel they can do right now and it's small steps. And, and in a lot of cases, um, you know, there is a weight goal, um, but you know, all of that's tied together, you know, because, you know, the better managed we are, 
um, the weight that's going to fall into place. So, and, and I always, I always caution them. It takes time. Um, it's, it's not going to be a, a quick fix. It's definitely something that you're going to invest in and the habits will build and then they will start to feel and see the results. So you do, you know, you said you do some group coaching, but primarily one-on-one. How, what's a typical length of time that a client stays with you? Yeah, I have three-month programs and six-month programs. And and again, it depends on the person. It depends on where they are and how much, um, how much coaching they need and how much time they take, you know, more, um, a a goal that's going to take more time, whether it's weight loss, A1C, um, six months is usually the best place to start. And then I have some that actually continue. So they'll get down with the six. They like it. They see the progress and they, and they want to continue and stay on. So yeah, they stay on. So that's always exciting just to be part of it. <laughs> that's great. What do you see as uh, some of the challenges that your, your clients sort of face when they get started or maybe even midway through, what are some things that you've been noticing? I think it's the expectations. Um, I, I, you know, I really think just as a whole, um, just the way people are with health goals is they, they see something, they view it, they, they visualize what they want to feel. And, and in, in some cases, you know, their weight, and they think it, they really think it's going to happen sooner. Um, so I think just having patience and to set proper expectations or manageable expectations and, and to celebrate all that they are doing. Um, I think that is, um, it's a funny thing because we work on the simple things. We work on hydration, sleep, having a lot of love and support in your life, lowering your stress. Um, and I know you know this because all those things affect our blood sugar. Um, and people don't generally put all that together. You know, when we first get together, when we start working together and I'm, we're talking about increasing their, their um, water intake every day. Well, what's that got to do with anything? I trust me, it's all built around the same goal. It really is. And sleep is another and very impactful. It's amazing what that does. You know, it lowers our insulin sensitivity. And obviously, if we're tired and cranky, we're going to be less apt to take care of ourselves the following day. And that's such a vicious roller coaster. So yeah, it really is. It's getting back to the basics. Fantastic. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So maybe we can pivot to something else that I know is important to you. And I'm actually really curious to hear what you're going to say. And we're recording this episode before another episode that I recorded comes out. And it's about my one year anniversary with intermittent fasting. And I was saying I'm 41 years old now, almost 42. And I'm, you know, probably entering perimenopause at some point soon. I'm like, I wonder how menopause is going to go for me as a type one. Cause I deal with things, you know, you hear of all these menopause symptoms, like hot flashes. I'm like, I already get hot flashes when I have a low blood sugar. I know what that feels like. Does it feel like <laughs> diabetes continued when you go through menopause or like, well, how does menopause affect uh, you and affect your blood sugars? Yes, that is a loaded question. Well, I, I'm 55. I started to go through perimenopause late forties. It was slow. I mean, it wasn't, it, you know, it, it's not like you wake up one day and say, Oh, Okay. You know, it's, it, which is good. It's good that it's slow, right? We don't want anything quite that dramatic to, and I think overall my, my physical symptoms weren't too bad. I think that has a lot to do with, you know, just how consistent I am with my habits every day and my health routine. 
But when the female hormones, so the estrogen, progesterone, and even testosterone, because that's obviously a hormone that we, you know, that um, makes up our, our balance, um, when they start to drop, I'll tell you the first thing I noticed, and again, we have the way to track this, you know, with CGMs and our time and range, was my insulin sensitivity just went down. Um, when I was out of when my, when my blood, I'm sorry, when my hormones were starting to shift and that was a couple years. Um, and it's like, I tried to take care of it more holistically. You know, I did some things, um, but I was, my basal insulin was going up. I was needing one more unit, you know, and I just, and it took a while for me to figure that out. And I, you know, I, I really kind of did it mostly myself. I talked to my doctor about it, you know, cause we know our bodies best and we feel the difference. We see the difference. And then, so right now I'm still a little bit higher than I was. I'm lower than I was years ago, but I'm still a little higher than I was pre-menopause as far as my basal rate in the morning. And another thing I noticed is, you know, cause insulin is a hormone, right? <laughs> and it, 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 it's in conjunction with all these other hormones. So it's so amazing. It's kind of cool when you think of how they're all so interrelated. And then when you experience, you really understand it a lot more. So, um, I did go on, um, um, hormone replacement therapy. So I've been doing that for two years now. I finally just said, you know what, this has got to be better because I was, I was getting a little tired of chasing the highs. Um, it wasn't making sense. I'm like, something else has to be part of this. And again, that took a little time because, you know, once you start, um, hormone replacement, you know, again, it's not like you wake up the next day, all things fixed. Cause it takes time for those, you know, for those hormones to balance out. And I finally found a groove with that and I'm back down to what my basal rate was and my insulin sensitivity has improved. Um, and again, this is my diet, my exercise routine has never changed. I have, I am so consistent. It's almost boring. <laughs> I am so routine. So I think that's another factor too. I think it would be easy to say, oh, you're just getting older. You're not moving as much. Oh, you know, you're eating too many desserts. That's why you're, you're, you know, you're needing more insulin. I'm like, no, nothing else has changed. <laughs> so don't tell me it's, it has anything to do with my age or whatever, because no, the other factors are not lining up. Another thing I noticed um, was my other vitamin mineral levels we're starting to shift and I've never had issues. So my vitamin B12, vitamin D, which is epidemic low, and that's another whole conversation. But again, that's another hormone that's affecting our hormones. So, and I was really low. I was like, I think I was 30 milligrams per deciliter. So I was really low. That's way below um, the recommended. And again, that took a little time because again, it doesn't happen overnight as far as supplementing and getting those levels up. So now I've got my hormones are balanced. My vitamin D is balanced. I got my B12 where it needs to be. All's good. <laughs> so yeah, it's just, and again, that's my story. That doesn't mean it's every woman going through menopause, but that is how it affected me. And I think when I see it all that written down on paper, 
And, 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 you know, cause I study the science of it too. I read and research. I'm sure you do too. It makes sense. It makes logical sense that that does occur, you know, um, you know, um, just d- during the stage of our life. Yeah. Did you have weight gain associated with menopause or did that kind of I did. I did. I, and again, I've always had a good, I've I've never had a weight. I've worked at it my whole life. So I've never, I've never had to think about my weight. So yeah, I gained about seven, eight pounds right around the middle, right? That's when the estrogen drops. That's what happens. (laughs) So yeah. Yeah. I mean, you look like you're in tip top shape, so I can't do, no, I I'm, have you have yeah. you lost that seven or eight pounds already? It yes, seems like you yes, have. I did. Yes, <laughs> okay. I did. Yes, I did. It it it's it's such a balancing act. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know it it is. And uh I'm I'm going through that myself now with and I want to talk about intermittent fasting as well, since mm-hmm. that's the you know a major focus of this podcast, mm-hmm. which has helped me to lose a lot of weight and mm-hmm. keep it off. But there are days where And I can imagine if you're going through menopause and your hormones are really wacky and you're taking a lot more insulin and you don't know, did you take a little too much? Cause then you got to eat and it probably all just stacks up on itself. And, you know, yesterday I was getting a little too uh, aggressive with the insulin and ended up having to eat a bunch more food than I wanted to eat. And obviously normally if I'm fasting, I try not to eat, but in that case you have no choice. So in a lot of ways, diabetes will sabotage whatever weight loss you're trying to accomplish. And I imagine it must be especially hard when you are going through menopause. Yeah. 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 Most definitely. Yeah. You know, and, and, and you know, this, that, you know, um, insulin is a fat storing hormone. So, you know, the more we have, the more we have on board, um, it, it, it's stack is a good word. <laughs> stack the insulin. It, it's going to end up stacking the calories too, which is what, um, that's definitely the end result. Yeah, absolutely. So maybe can you tell me a little bit about intermittent fasting and how you came to it and how you practice it and what it does for your blood sugars? Yeah. And, you know, I have to start this by saying um, recently I've been doing it for, hmm, I think I've gotten a lot more, I've seen the results. I've gotten a lot more interested in how I'm feeling during this, this period of, um, non-eating basically, and I'm liking it. Um, and I've been talking about, I, it's funny, you know, um, you talk to friends about it and of course they know you're diabetic. Well, what do you mean? You can't not eat if you're diabetic. I'm like, yes, you can. <laughs> if you know, it's all about, you know, a blood sugar and you know, it's, it's all about that. So, or skip meals, right? That's the misconception. You can't skip meals if you're diabetic. I'm like, oh, yes, you can. Um, I do the overnight. So we usually, our goal is to eat dinner about seven o'clock and like, well, right now it's 1030 here on the East coast. So I have not had breakfast yet. So I don't necessarily, you know, um, we label it as breakfast, but it's, it's really the first meal, you know, we can call it what we want, but what I've noticed is I work at home and I'm on the computer in the morning, I'm working with clients. And I just see an unbelievable change in focus and mind clarity. So that's my driver right now. Um, That is the pluses I'm seeing. And the only, and I eat when I'm hungry and I, I, and I don't like look at the clock and say, okay, it's time to eat. I just, you just kind of feel it. You know, you know, when 
it's it's time to take a break and maybe I'm getting a little fidgety. And of course, blood sugar can be a problem, but it generally is not for me. Um, I can get up and, you know, we do water and a little bit of coffee in the morning, take the dog for a run. Um, again, I'm doing this fasting, which is even more beneficial, you know, to exercise fasting. Sometimes we do yoga in the morning. So yeah, there's, um, there's just so many advantages to it. So when we get off this call today, it might be 11. So that would be, let's see if I'm doing my math correct. That's about a 16, 17 hour fast. Um, so that's how it's working with me. Um, and breakfast is usually pretty, it's pretty hearty, um, but something, again, it's very balanced. It's very, um, you know, some healthy fats and protein. I'm a big believer in protein. And lunch is maybe some something I can skip. It just depends. Again, I might need a little something about four or five o'clock, maybe a handful of nuts. And then it's dinner about seven you know, our goal is to eat dinner about 7 p.m. here. Yeah. So is that is that something that you incorporate with your clients as well, intermittent fasting or? It's, if that's something, you know, we don't start with that. Um, it's, it's a very big advantage for type twos because as like you were saying, um, the biggest thing with, with pre-diabetic and type two, it's, it's not that they have, it's not that they have a short of shortage of insulin is that their body is not properly utilizing the insulin that they do have on. So the system is not working. So we can get a little clogged up <laughs> when our body's spending all this time and energy trying to digest, you know, every two, three, four hours every day, maybe, maybe more often. So a big thing that, um, a big advantage, um, and a, a big step for type twos is to take those breaks from food just giving that body a chance to work. Um, it increases the insulin sensitivity as it does for us with type one as well. Right. It's, it's such a win-win. It really is. Um, yeah. Have you, have you noticed that your, you know, your insulin needs went down when you started intermittent fasting and. Oh yeah. 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 Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's just, and I'm, I'm all about simple too, you know, but, you know, cause that, you know, because now um, I'm, I'm on insulin um, shots. So I think that's an advantage too, you know, when you don't have to inject as many times and that's not like a deterrent. I, I don't not eat because I don't want to take a shot, but it's kind of a bonus when it ends up that way. Um, you know, my goals, I, I don't get up in the morning and say, I only want to take one shot today. No, you know, that's not the, you know, that's not a smart way or a happy way to live or, you know, to operate. But um, yeah, just to be able to lower how much insulin, you know, this body needs to function and, you know, to keep a really good um, steady blood sugar. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And I noticed you said we, so that I assume your husband is sort of following the same schedule that you are. We do. Yes. Yes. And he's, he has the same insulin therapy as I do too. So yeah, that makes it easy, doesn't it? <laughs> so we, um, when I first met him, he was on an insulin pump and he went away for a surf trip. This was probably seven, eight years ago. And he, you know, when you're out surfing all day, it's, you know, to have a pump attached and he ended up taking it off. And then when he came back, he saw, he saw what I was doing, paid a little closer attention. He's like, yeah, I think I'm going to go down the MDI route. And yeah, he's loving it as well. So yeah, we've got, and he wears a, he wears a CGM as well. So we're, we're very similar. 
in our care. We're very active. Obviously we eat very similar, you know, um, we love to cook and make some healthy meals in the home. So yeah. It must be really, <laughs> yeah, it must be interesting to be married to a, a type one because my partner, he doesn't have diabetes. He understands it better than most people, obviously being with me, yeah. but uh, I do sometimes think like, wouldn't it be interesting whether it was like I had a best friend with type one or, you know, if my partner had type one, which I don't want him to get type one, but you know, it must be just very reassuring to know that somebody really understands what you're going through. They can read your body language when you're getting low and just know everything, you know, say, let's sit down and not be upset that we're sitting down for 15 minutes when we just got started walking or whatever the case may be, you know, like it must be, must be really nice in a weird way. It's nice in a weird way. It really (laughs) is. Yeah. It's, you know, it's just so, you know, I I don't like to say that diabetes is, you know, I don't like to call myself a diabetic, but it's definitely something that is a part of what we, you know, who we are and what we manage every day. And it's a second job, isn't it? So we, we notice that amongst ourselves within the house and our schedules are different, you know, as far as what we're doing, working and what we're doing, but yeah, it really is nice having that kind of that buddy, that diabetic buddy in the house who truly gets it. And, and, you know, I think the only times that it could be kind of a deterrent because, and I know you can relate to this because it's the, it's the CGM alarms. So it's like, who's high or low at two in the morning. So we're, we're hearing, we're hearing an alarm go off. Whose is it? Who's getting up? Who's checking it? And, you know, you can laugh about it because it's, cause that's all we can do. And, but it's nice to have that other set of ears that understands. So together we can help each other. And um, <laughs> that's really funny. It's, I didn't yeah. think that, that is a definite deterrent. I didn't think about that. I actually, I can't remember if I've spoken this about on this on a previous episode, but I, I, I tried all different alarm types on my Dexcom and mm-hmm. I would never wake up in the middle of the night. I would just sleep right through them until finally I tried a baby crying uh, as the alarm. So now it's just like, wah, wah, all night long. And you know, my partner's just like, Oh, I heard the baby crying a lot. You had a tough night. And I'm like, yeah, I had a tough night, but I can, I can only imagine if you have a partner with their alarms going off, it must just, yeah, yeah. that must be tough. <laughs> yes, it can be. It's double trouble, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, this has been really very helpful and I'm, I'm hopeful that people that listen to this podcast that are, you know, type one or type two or pre-diabetes, you know, get in touch with you. Cause I do think the diet aspect is really, uh, that's a tricky, it's a tricky thing to get your, your mind around. It's something that we take for granted since we've been doing it for so long, but if you're new to the game, it's something that takes a little bit of time and a little bit of coaching. How, how can people get a hold of you? How can people find you if they want to work with you? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I've, um, I definitely have an Instagram. So I'm at blood sugar boss on Instagram. And my website is it's abundant health with Melissa.com. And I always have a freebie on there. So they could a free giveaway. And right now I'm featuring one. It's low carb meals in 30 minutes or less. So this is, and it's more than just a recipe guide because, um, and I also have this amazing software where I can build recipes based on people's needs and carbs and all of that. It's a lot of fun, amazing recipes. So included in this 
guide is the recipes, but it's also um, a list of what I consider the best foods to have in the fridge and you know the pantry to have on hand um, and to kind of and how easy that can be just to build meals around these the best foods to manage diabetes. And things I've obviously found with all these years of managing them that have worked for me and that have helped my clients as well. And a shopping list, you know, something that they can build and um, some tips on really how to combine the carbohydrates with the, and all these recipes have the macronutrients um, included. And because I think visual is important, you know, when somebody's looking at a plate of their own food, they don't really understand what's on it or what it's going to do to impact their blood sugar um, and how much it will impact their blood sugar. So we, you know, start there um, and just to learn, learn with these simple recipes um, to get an idea. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And uh, that's, that's super helpful. And I, you know, what's interesting too, is, you know, I know a lot of low carb is protein based. And I noticed, especially with the CGM, I can see that there's, you know, I take the insulin before I eat. And then two hours later, I get the protein spike going on. So you got to basically dose again, like you never even had the meal, you know? Right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, it's good to sort of, you know, see how these, these recipes are put together and then maybe think through about how you're going to give your insulin and how your yeah. CGM is going to yeah. tie into everything. So yeah. that's, that's super cool. And I, yeah. I think those recipes must be very, very helpful. Um, and so they can find you on Instagram, on your, on your website and any, anywhere, anywhere else that you want to direct them. Um, I, I do have a Facebook group too. So I have a private mm-hmm. Facebook group that's called diabetes is delicious. And we'd love to invite other ladies to come on in there. And um, I'm in there at least once a week and we talk live about different topics and share recipes and um, I run events through there. So just to keep them engaged, um, just to keep giving them resources to use. So. Oh, fantastic. And of course the community, right? Community. We need community. (laughs) We need other people and women that get it. And yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Is there anything else that we missed that you wanted to talk about? I think you did a pretty good job. Yeah. I've, um, I do want to bring up a Frezza if I may. Yeah, please. Yes. And my husband and I, we just, we just took a trip um, this past weekend and we were listening to your episode with Michael and I can't remember his name. Yeah. Thank Mm -hmm. you. Thank you. That was amazing. Cause I listened to it earlier and then he's like, well, I want to listen to it too. So I was like, yeah, I'll listen to it again. Um, So I am going to try that out. I am so interested in um, a Frezza and just to seeing how that, you know, um, can be kind of factored in, um, or even replace my short acting. I don't know. That would if be you're, if, if you're yeah. on MDI, I don't see why you need a, right. a short acting quite yeah. honestly. Right. I wrote, you know, I, I'm going through, I don't know. I'm, I'm constantly tweaking my insulin needs and how I, how I manage, but I have found that you can use a Frezza to basically combat all highs and all mealtime boluses. So there's really very little need. You may still need the Novolog for smaller increments if you wanted to, but it's, uh, it's pretty powerful insulin. It's, it's amazing. You should definitely give it a try. Yeah. I'm excited. And I'm excited to, you know, and I've already shared it with a few clients, you know, I've sent your episode to them so that they can learn and, you know, you know, to learn. Yeah. It's just so great to get this education out there. 
Um, and, you know, doctors are not necessarily bringing it up, which is, uh, which is unfortunate, but it's, it's up to us to, to, to keep our eyes and ears open and to ask questions and to, you know, to seek, to seek if this might be an answer. So totally. Yeah. Agree. I'm surprised it's not more well-known, but it's, it's, a, it's, it's really, it's really fantastic. So I encourage everybody to give it a try and see if yeah. it works for you for sure. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. We can talk more offline about that too, if you Mm -hmm. want. (laughs) I appreciate it. Uh, Anything else that you wanted to talk about? No, I thank you. I I really appreciate the time and um, having a chance to, um, to be here and to talk to you and your audience. And yeah, I'm looking forward to listening to more of your episodes and continue. Yeah. I'm really, really enjoying um, all that you're doing. Oh, thank you so much. And thank you for the service that you provide and it's a really good one. So anybody out there that's listening wants to get a hold of Melissa, we'll link everything up in the show notes so that you can find her. So thanks, Melissa. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, don't forget to rate and review the podcast. And if you're interested in being a guest, please email me at fastlifewithdiabetes@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Thanks so much. Have a great day.